see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this Everybody shit. say fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this Everybody shit. Everybody say What's going down? Welcome back to another episode of the Fuck This Shit Podcast. It's your boy Dre, as always. We start this shit off the exact same way. Y'all know what it is. Thank you to everybody who liked, shared, fucking left the review, left any kind of support for the podcast at all. Anybody just listening to this shit, man. You the shit just for fucking with it. So, like, just go ahead and give yourself a pat on the fucking back because you really are the shit. Um, I appreciate y'all, like, honestly, so fucking much. Um, today's episode, man, this is gonna be, it's gonna be cool. I know I did an episode when I was drunk already, and I don't know, man, I don't want y'all to think I'm starting to be developing a problem, but it's just that when I be drinking and I be up and I be thinking, I be like, man, you know what? Let me put this shit on wax, you know what I'm saying? Get some content in for these people who I told I was gonna provide steady and consistent content to. And if I'm being honest, depending on what I've been drinking and how I've been feeling, y'all niggas can't even tell. So you know what it is. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, as my dad would say, I'm a vet. <laughs> That's a story I have to tell y'all. Matter of fact, we can get into it early, man. We don't got no news or nothing like that or whatever. I already got real nigga story time for y'all. Nigga. Story time. Real nigga story time. So, living in Ohio, I know we did fuck Ohio last last week, but I told y'all it was so much in Ohio that I could really talk about Ohio all the time. Um, one of the things that happened while we were there is that uh, my dad, you know, my dad would drink with us, and uh, my pops, he one of the people who would tell you he'll be like uh. I don't really drink like that. I don't really drink like that. I'm not really a drinker. But, like, if you drink with him, he could drink a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad could drink a lot and he'd be chilling. Like, so, but I can too. Like, most people who, who if whoever fuck with me, they didn't kick through with me, they already know, like, I could drink a lot and still be real coherent. That's what gave me the concept of doing, you know what I'm saying, the real nigga story time in this direction. Because I'm thinking about the similarities type shit, right? So, uh, <laughs> my, me and my dad and my, my baby mama, my ex or whatever, we all drinking back in Ohio or whatever. And he, first of all, my dad is not the type of nigga who believe in spending a lot of money on liquor. So my pops is drinking this shit called Evan Williams. If you ever been to the Midwest, you know that this is another little funny sidebar or whatever. You know that there's a chain out there called Bob Evans. It's like a it's like American diner breakfast type food. It's like I, I never ever ate at one, but I know they got pancakes all day type shit. Um, but like pancakes ain't all they got. Uh anyway, the the whole point in all of these two meeting together is that my ex 
she always calls the liquor my dad drinks, which is Evan Williams. She always calls it Bob Evans, like because it's just like a two a two you know what I'm saying a two fucking word white man name basically, right? So, uh, anytime we talk about it, I always say, uh, "Oh, we gonna drink some of that Bob." You know what I'm saying? We gonna get that Bob, but the Bob is Evan Williams, just so you know. If you never had Evan Williams, Evan Williams is Kentucky whiskey. It's like a, it's like cheap Jack. You can get a handle of Evan Williams for seventeen dollars, I think. Uh, come in a glass bottle. You know what I'm saying? Just to give you like your 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 real visual of how cheap this shit is. Like it's not plastic cheap, but it's like glass bottle for seventeen dollars cheap. Anyway. That's what my dad buys all the time. My dad buying a bottle, he pulling up with that bob. You know what I'm saying? Chill, we'll pull it up with that bob if he got a bottle. That's all he coming with. So, uh, we drinking or whatever. He He's like, we gonna drink or whatever. He sends us to the liquor store. I'm like, what you want? He's like, get me some bob. You know what I'm saying? Get me that Evan Williams. So, we come back with it and we drinking. We all sitting in there drinking, taking shots or whatever. And I don't know how many shots we in or whatever. But I started looking at my dad. I'm like, because we're taking regular shots. My dad has a double shot glass. So we in there drinking, taking shots or whatever. And I'm like, oh, nigga, you ain't here. I'm talking shit. I'm like, oh, you ain't here trying to uh, trying to be cool and shit, nigga. Your old ass going to be in that bed. Knocked out all these shots we done took. Cause I'm telling y'all, like, if I didn't say it out loud, we had to have taken seven, eight shots at least at this point for me to even be saying it out loud. We all grown. We all at the place that we staying. Nobody's driving. If I'm talking about how much we drinking, we didn't drink a lot. Um, so I'm talking shit. I'm like, you know, you gonna be in the bed, old man. That's what I told him. I was like, you gonna be in the bed, old man. He looked. He's like, I'm a vet. That's all, every time. That's all he kept saying all night. Like, I'm gonna be good, you know. I'm a vet. I'm a vet, and he's like, my dad got this little thing that he do with his hands. Like, you gotta like see like the gesture that my dad makes because he gestures real hard with his hands. You know what I'm saying? He have like his pinky and his index finger out. You know what I'm saying? With his other fingers down, kind of like you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of pointing at you with his hand, but he's not really pointing at you. You know what I'm saying? Like. Just to emphasize, you know what I'm saying? So the whole time, I'm like, oh, you going to be fucked up? He's like, no, nah, not me, because I'm a vet. We taking all these drinks or whatever. And like, I'm telling y'all, it's niggas who listen to the podcast who know me personally. Y'all know how I drink. So I know y'all feel like you know how this is going to go, right? But nah, we keep drinking. Everything's smooth and shit. And then... We, <laughs> I don't know what happened, y'all. Like, I don't know what happened in between A and B. But the next thing I know, I'm looking at my baby mama. Like, she's not my baby mama at the time. Like, we hadn't had the baby yet. So I'm looking at my ex at the time and I'm like, I can't, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, I need, I think I need to lay down type shit. Like, my dad then went to the back. Cause, you know, I, I think I done told y'all before. My dad be having hoes and shit. So I think, like, my dad had some hoes come over or not, uh, uh, ho, one of his hoes come over. And, uh, so, like, he was, he was preoccupied with her type shit. Like, he was in his room with her or whatever. But, like, they was, it was still, like, early. You know what I'm saying? So they wasn't even, like, laying down type shit. Like, he was just, like, in his room with her. Like, literally. You know what I'm saying? This is important to the story because, 
It's still light outside. Next thing I know, I'm laid up in the bed, drunk as fuck, y'all. Like, I'm so drunk. Like, I'm like, I'm like talking about like, baby, please, can you go get me some food drunk? Like, I'm drunk. This nigga walked past the room. Look at me. He's talking about. I thought you said I was going to be the one in the bed. I told you. I'm a vet. (laughs) So, bro, like, at the end of the day, the real nigga story, the real nigga in this story is not me, bro. Chill Will gets to be the real nigga of this story. Like, straight like that, bro. Like, my pops, bro, like, he really, oh, my God, bro. Like, y'all do not understand. I was blind. I was so drunk. And this nigga talking about, I told you. (laughs) it's just funny man it's like i think i said something about it before like you know you feel like you can fight your pops but it's like your pops is different like he like you with way more experience type shit and it's like man like i'm a bad motherfucker it's nothing you could do with me in 35 years type shit like and this nigga is me in 35 years type shit well me in like 20 years but still still you know what i'm saying like my nigga out here like Bro, like, iron, iron liver face ass nigga, bro. Had me laid down. Anyway, man, that's this that's this segment of Real Nigga Story Time. Y'all know y'all got to get the little break. And then we'll come back into the actual episode. We gonna call this Fuck Jail. Now, what made me decide to finally do this episode was a few things. Number one, I only owe you dusty, itchy, booty ass niggas one more episode until 2022. And I was sitting here with some free time and I said, I'm about to record that motherfucker right now. This is the earliest your boy has ever recorded a podcast for y'all. Make note that I have put no time sensitive information in this motherfucker so I can publish this bitch whenever I want to. Gang, 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 gang. Sorry, I had to just give myself my little props real quick. The reason we doing fuck jail though is because I feel like I've told y'all like, little bits and pieces of like like my little like forays into like weed and selling weed and shit like that or whatever. But like I've never really like given y'all like a a deep down like I've never really like talked to y'all about it. Like I never really told y'all about it, about all the times I've been in jail, how what it was like when I was there. Um really anything. Like I feel like I haven't I haven't really gone into that into any real depth. And I feel like it's some substance in that. Um it's a lot of value in that and uh you know it's entertaining uh so i guess we'll start at the beginning right um my first understanding of jail as far as like family members who like like my my first like real intimate experience with like what the prison system does to a family Will probably come from my cousin Rayshawn. Rayshawn had been in prison when we was young. When I was when I was young, anyway. And uh they used to talk about my cousin Rayshawn like he was just the coolest nigga ever. Like Rayshawn, like specifically my big cousin Celeste. Like Celeste used to talk about Rayshawn like Rayshawn was just the coolest nigga that ever lived. And 
I don't I don't know how relevant that is, but I felt like it mattered at least a little bit because I feel like especially in our community, like we have like this kind of like infatuation with jail and prison, like going to jail somehow makes you like more of like it make you more real, more solid, like you more you more hood because you have been to jail. But like just not that any of you motherfuckers really need to hear this shit, but like that's cat, bro. Like fuck that jail shit, my nigga. The only people who want to go to jail haven't been, or like they become so like in in uh what's the word? Everybody know the word. This ain't new. Um, institutionalized, yeah. They become so institutionalized that it's like they don't know how to function outside of that system anymore. So like they they like have like this innate desire to go back to what's comfortable. Right. I believe that that's true. I genuinely do. But outside of that, like we really like have this like fetishization. That is fetishization with like jail and prison and going to prison that like I feel like it's super unhealthy for us as a community. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I, I don't I think it's like a part of us trying to like keep like the spirit and like the idea of someone still alive like because man for real when someone is in prison or in jail for a long period of time man it's almost like they die you know what i'm saying like everyone has to like grieve the loss of this person as though like they really don't exist anymore while still it's almost more difficult than death because it's like you have to grieve the loss of this person in your life while still being like a primary fixture in theirs because like they inside, they don't have nothing but you. You know what I'm saying? And it's difficult. And I know I'm, I'm I'm rambling a little bit and you know I can be like this. But I think that that's like kind of one of the big reasons why we do that as a community. Why it's like we, like I said, we fetishize being in prison. Because it's like for a lot of situations, these people was heroes in people's lives. Like. It'd be your cousin who had all the money. Your cousin who had all the money was the cousin who came through and showed love to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when you grow up in fucked up situations, like the more space and time you get with somebody who has a little bit, like, it's just like these breaks that you need. Like these, it's like, it's like, like coming up for air, right? So they become like gods to you almost like man like these are the people who facilitated the best times of my life and a lot of times how they was doing that was illegal and because we all know that that you know i'm saying the fact that drugs and shit are illegal is all just a fucking tool to fuck us up you know what i'm saying like it's it's they putting us in jail on purpose it's the motherfucking point so you know it's, it's just whatever but that was my first uh real interaction with like prison was when Rayshawn got out and I met Rayshawn and people were telling me like, you know, you know, Rayshawn's been in prison, da da da. He just got out. Rayshawn is so cool, whatever, whatever. First time I kick it with Rayshawn, I'm like eleven or twelve, probably twelve. He like uh we pulling off. Rayshawn asking me, you know, you fucking girls yet? You know, you smoke weed yet? You know what I'm saying? Da, da, da. At this time y'all like 11, 12-year-old Dre, I wasn't doing none of that. Like, I know some of y'all niggas was bad as fuck, super young and shit like that or whatever. I wasn't bad until I was bad. 
Once I got, excuse me, that won't be edited because I'm going to forget where that was. Anyway, before I got 14, 15 and I got a little bit more freedom where I was like away from the crib more, I was not bad like that. Like I, I wasn't bad like that. Y'all, y'all remember the fucking addiction episode? I was 13, 14 when I went and got drunk with my cousin them. Like I wasn't out here fucking girls and smoking when I was 11, 12 years old, kicking it with Rayshawn. But Rayshawn been in prison and Celeste said Rayshawn was cool. So it's like, I don't want to look like a little bitch. So like, no cap to y'all. The reason I started smoking Black and Miles is because I did not want Rayshawn to think that I was a bitch. Like I wanted Rayshawn to think that I was cool. Also, I'm pretty sure Rayshawn sold crack to somebody while I was with him. Like... To this day, and I say this to motherfuckers all the time because they be like, oh, weed is a gateway drug because the weed dealers be having all the other drugs, blah, 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 blah. Fuck that. That's cap. I've sold weed. Y'all are going to hear all about that later on this episode. I have to this day, to this, to this day, to this day, there's two times in my life where I think I may have seen crack. I don't even know if I've seen crack. Like, I might have just been a little kid making that shit up. I've never seen meth. Like these drugs, these hard drugs, if you're not doing them, niggas is not just like, hey, you want to see what some heroin looks like? I never seen heroin before because I don't do heroin. Weed is not a gateway drug and weed dealers are not gateway dealers. Like ain't nobody running around like, oh, all you came for was some weed. Well, I'm sorry. All I have is heroin. Is that good enough? Fuck out of here with that. Anyway, anyway, um, Rashawn is asking me, am I fucking, do you smoke weed? Do you drink or whatever? So he asked me, do I smoke weed? And I'm like, no, I don't smoke weed, but I smoke black and miles. (laughs) I never smoked a black and mild in my life before this day, y'all. Swear to God. I'm riding around in Arcadia, Oklahoma, in the outskirts of Arcadia. We weren't in Arcadia no more. We left Arcadia and went like maybe 10, 15 minutes away. I don't know where we were. Some other little ass town. Probably selling crack with Rayshawn. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like, um... (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know if Rayshawn sold crack, y'all. Like, just to be clear, like, this is literally just, like, grown me thinking of young me's thoughts and then, like, extrapolating them into, like, what I think they may have actually been. I don't know if Rayshawn sold crack, bro. Like, who the fuck knows? I know we had pit bulls. I remember a pit bull for sure. But we ended up, we went to Rayshawn's house and we went by the store. I came up with this elaborate idea where I was like, yeah, uh, I be buying the black, I be having people buy me black and miles and then I be selling them in school. You know what I'm saying? Like I be selling them in school to other motherfuckers so I, for, for more, you know what I'm saying? So I could get some money. And he like, oh, my little cousin got some hustle type shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm over here like, yeah, my cool cousin Rayshawn from the pen thinks I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, because I got hustle. You feel what I'm saying? But I'm lying. I ain't do that shit. I wasn't selling black. But, but wait, Rayshawn did buy me several packs of black and miles that I'm then at this family event trying to like hide like crack. Like I think I have real crack in my pocket. Like, oh, my mama, my auntie see these black and miles in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? I'm over here looking like a slave and shit. Motherfuckers ask me shit. I'm like, all right, I was going to be right that back with that mamas. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I'm all scared and shit over nothing. Cause Rayshawn bought me a couple packs of black and miles and that did start a new enterprise into me selling black and miles. 
And I did end up doing that for a while in school where I was selling black and miles. And then selling black and miles is actually how I got my first sack of weed because I used to smoke. I used to, I used to go to school with this nigga. We used to walk to school. I don't even remember his name no more. We used to walk to school every day and y'all it's crazy how you could think about something and it can remind you of how something started. We used to walk to school every day together and I used to always have black and miles. I used to smoke black and miles on the way to school every morning. Uh, by the time I was in, damn, I fucking forgot I used to do this shit, honestly. Um, I would say, so we moved on 55th Street when I was 14, I think. 14 or 15. Maybe, no, I was 15 when we moved on 45th Street. Because I was still in junior high. Y'all, I don't know. I was in eighth grade. I know I was in eighth grade because I was still walking to the middle school when we moved on 55th Street. And my mom had actually started working mornings, which was a function of like a whole conversation that I'll tell y'all about later. Like, so I'll have a whole episode about like one about my mom, one about my dad, like each of my parents, because it's it's just, it's a lot there and uh, whatever. But uh, basically I had talked to my mom about her working nights. And uh, it it was not just as simple as that. Because my mom listens to this podcast. So I know she's listening to me say the words, I talk to my mom. And she's like, that is not how it happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all will get the full story later. But I had, me and my mom had a interaction that resulted in her deciding that she wasn't going to work nights anymore. So she was working morning. So she had to go to work at like five o'clock in the morning. Her husband at the time uh, would be at the house when I went to work or whatever. But, like, he's uh, fairly younger than her. And he's a bitch-ass nigga. I think he listens to the podcast now. But he knows I think he's a bitch-ass nigga. So, it's fine. Um, uh, So, like, um, you know, he wasn't, like, raising me. He was just, like, abusing us when he could type shit. Like, he was just also, like... You know, if I get the chance to berate you in the name of being your mama's husband, then I will. But, like, I'm not going to actually, like, give a fuck about what you're doing with your life. So, like, I'm lighting Black and Miles on a gas stove and then walking out the house. And this nigga, like, he ain't saying shit or noticing because he ain't shit. That's the first the first gun I shot was his gun because he used to have a gun uh, that I don't know why I knew where it was. But it was in the attic. I don't know if it was his or somebody else's, but he had a gun. That's the first gun I ever shot. Uh I just put that motherfucker back. You feel what I'm saying? Um, oh, I know my mama didn't know that. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's crazy. I be on this motherfucker so loose sometimes, y'all. I be I be telling on myself. You know, I be forgetting. You know, saying my people's listening to this, but it is what it is. Uh, anyway, I, I y'all, I swear I know I can get so far away from what the story is. The whole point is during that span of time, I'm smoking black and miles on the way to school every day with this motherfucker who has access to weed, probably from his daddy or uncle or something. But he's not 18, so he can't get black and miles. And in exchange for a pack of black and miles is how I got my first sack of weed. That's what I was trying to tell y'all. And I took that weed and mixed it with a black and mild. And that was the first time I ever smoked weed. And I did that before school one morning because I didn't want to go back to my mom's house smelling like black and miles or weed while my mom was there. So that's the story. I I think earlier I couldn't remember when I first smoked weed and now I did. That's the answer. So anyway, um, 
that's Rayshawn. That's so look, this whole thing is even about drugs. It's about prison. Y'all podcasts are so fun. Anyway, um, so that's the the through line of what Rayshawn did to my life. <laughs> Me trying to be cool because I think being in a prison, being in prison is cool. So y'all know I'm a weed smoker or whatever. And I live in, um, I don't live in, but I'm from a small town in Oklahoma. And they're going to bam you over the head anytime you ever get caught with weed. And the first time I ever got arrested and taken to jail, um, I was, I was maybe 20 or 21 at the time. I was at least, I might not even have been, I wasn't 21. I was 19 or 20 at the time. And I'm driving, uh, my grandpa had this Buick LeSabre, yellow, uh, not yellow, gray Buick LeSabre, 2003. I remember 2003 Buick LeSabre. That motherfucker like a boat, boy. That thing hit them, hit them bumps, boy. You be, you like you on a wave, bro. You know what I'm saying? Big ass Buick. And uh, I'm driving it because he's driving my car, which is another story. When I talk, I'll talk. I have an episode about my grandparents, and I'll talk to y'all about that too. Um, but I'm driving his car at this point in time, and I had went out with my girlfriend at the time and her best friend. We had went to Outback and got some food. Yeah, we from a little town a lot. We're balling this day, y'all, because I'm selling little weed here, like. She's selling a little, she helping me out with people she know, whatever, like, whatever, whatever. And this is like little, like literally, y'all, like I was not rich. I was very poor. Um, We were selling petty ass sacks of a fucking Reggie. Like we wasn't smoking shit. We leaving Outback. And I'm young, so I'm driving fast as fuck, even though we smoking in the car type shit or whatever. And, uh. We get pulled over. Two things. Number one, I don't know that my girlfriend at the time has like five sacks of weed. Like she has some weed sacked up on her from some weed that she had bought that I didn't know nothing about. Because, you know, y'all bitches be hiding shit. So whatever. No, (laughs) for real. Anyway, um, I didn't know she had that weed or whatever. And then also fast forward to earlier in the day, I had went and smoked with one of my good friends. And I had weed left over like and it wasn't really enough to roll up again, but it wasn't enough to throw out. So I just kept it and I put it in that little pocket in your jeans. I know girls, y'all don't have pockets, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But. uh, Oh, excuse me, y'all. For men, you know what I'm talking about, that little pocket, you know what I'm saying, in your in your denim jeans or whatever. I just stuck a little baggie that had like not not a noticeable amount of weed in it, but whatever. I have forgotten all about it. So we get pulled over. The cop is like the cop. I feel like I see I've been working with white people, y'all. I'll tell y'all about that later. My new workspace, P, what they call it? Uh, and they call regular colleges PWIs. That's why I, where I work at a primarily white institution right now. Anyway. um, We get pulled over. I tell the officer, I'm like, uh, or he pulls me over. He's like, it smells like weed in here. I'm like, well, uh, it's no weed in the car. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. He's like, get out of the car. He takes me out the car. He searched me or whatever. He's like, he's like, can, can I search you? Can I search you or can I search the car? I was like, I don't care. I was like, it ain't no weed. I don't have no weed. So I'm talking shit. Like, 
Because I'm thinking all the weed we got, we already smoked. I threw the doobie out the window. Like, this nigga about to search me and look like a dumb nigga. Y'all, as soon as his two fingers touched that small pocket in my my pants, I remember that little ass bag of weed in that pocket. Y'all, when I tell you that nigga promptly took my ass to city jail, he was like, oh, don't worry about it. He was like, yeah, we're going to have to write you a citation for this. I was like, damn. I was like, so I'm going to get to go home? He was like, nah, it's policy in uh, Comanche County. Huh. Excuse me. Oh, fuck, I keep yawning, y'all. I'm sorry. It's policy in Comanche County. If you get uh, if you get caught with any kind of drugs that you have to go to jail and you have to bond out type shit or whatever. So I'm like, man, fuck. So they impound my grandpa's car then they searched my girlfriend, found all the weed on her, take us both to jail. So we both go to jail. They let my girlfriend's friend leave. They they impound my grandpa's car. And I go to city jail. I'm from a small town, y'all. And one thing I could tell you, I'm so, y'all. Last I know, it won't be, y'all know me. I'm sorry for all this background noise you keep hearing. Because usually I am not this level of inebriated while I do the podcast. And even though I know that my speech is clear and my thoughts are flowing pretty well, I'm, I'm tracking that. I'm not able to maintain my auxiliary action. So I keep touching shit and moving shit, even though I know that you can hear it in the mic. I don't do that when I'm sober. So I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to come back and listen to all this and take it all out. So d- 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 deal with it. I love y'all though so much. I'm going to miss y'all during this break. Except for those of y'all who pay the $4.99 subscription. If you pay $4.99 for the subscription, which is located in the link wherever you listen to this on whatever streaming platform you listen to, is a link in the About Me where you can sign up to subscribe for $4.99 where you can get all the bonus content and you will continue to get episodes over the break. Whereas the rest of you motherfucks will have to wait until the first of the year. But in T ways, we was talking about... um. What was we talking about? Oh, yeah. They take us both to jail. (laughs) Impound my grandpa's car. And one of the cool things about city jail, or not cool things, but like city jail in a small town, is like you're absolutely going to see someone you know. A second thing I will tell you about city jail as someone who's been three, four times, we'll we'll count during this episode. Um, There will be regulars. There's one dude who I know not from jail. I know him from life. We used to live uh, next door to each other in these apartment complexes on the east side. Every time I've been to jail, he was there for something different. And I checked the jailbirds page or the, the it's a different website now just to see who's getting arrested in my hometown. He's in prison now. Until he got prison, he was constantly getting arrested. I was like, God damn, nigga, like, you institutionalized. You like to be here. But anyway, you will always see somebody you know. That's that's one thing. Two things. Second thing. If you got a family that loves you, what I can promise you, you won't be doing in jail is eating. Because when you see the food, you be like, Oh, is this like part of the don't come back thing? Like it's like an incentive to not return because I was already not going to come back. They 
Them niggas would give you peanut butter and jelly on moldy bread and be like, just cut the mold off. Like, why couldn't you at least have cut the mold off, my nigga? Because you at least have scraped the mold off before you gave it to me? I be in jail literally, like, every time I been, y'all. And I know this is like, I know the motherfuckers probably hate me. <laughs> I I have was talking to somebody else about this and I realized how it sounded. I literally be in jail. The food cup. I look at my cellies and I be like, uh, y'all want this because I'm not eating nothing while I'm in here. My family gonna come get me soon. <laughs> I'm not fucking with it. Just give me the Kool Aid. And they give you the Kool Aid with toilet water. I swear to God, them COs, bro. Like, I don't know. That shit's so nasty, bro. Like, Ugh. oh, man, dog. Um, so that was the first time I, I went to jail. The second time I went to jail was, I think, I feel like I did tell y'all about this. I feel like I told y'all about this because I was outside the party in the car and the police officer pulled me out by my throat because I seen him coming and I was rolling up and I balled the blunt up and I swallowed it. And he seen me swallow it. So he pulls me out the car with my throat. He's like, spit it out, spit it out. And I'm trying to tell him that I already swallowed it, but I can't because I'm he's choking me. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's like, that's the kind of shit. Like, you don't realize it. Like, you know, am I am I being a, a, a victim of police harassment right now? Like, he's just like, whatever. Like, I'm black. They're the police. This is how it goes, right? But anyway. um, I... Uh, <laughs> He pulls me out. Yeah, that's the one with the shoes where, like, they took my shoes off and shit like that. And they're trying to put me in a police car. And I'm like, I'm not getting in a fucking police car until you give me my shoes. Because I knew they was trying to leave my shits. And I had just bought them. Like, they were some fresh-ass J's. They were some Bugs Bunny 12s. I think, no, some Bugs Bunny uh, 8s. They was Bugs Bunny 8s. I had some Bugs Bunny because I bought some for me and for Bree. I bought us matching Bugs Bunny 8s. And they tried to fucking leave my shits on the curb. I was like, y'all can eat dicks, bro. Put my shoes on or I'm not leaving. Then they gonna throw my shoes all at me in the car. I'm like, whatever, nigga. I still got my shoes, bitch. I didn't call them a bitch because you know they'd have probably shot me, but whatever. Um, that time they take me to jail. Same thing. See somebody I know. Don't eat the food. Find out the next day. Um. Then the third time I went to jail, I was on probation for all these other times that I went to jail. And me and my girlfriend, the one who had all the weed and the little saber, we get into an argument at my mom's house. She walks out the house, storms all out or whatever. My mom's like, and she, and in full disclosure, I don't remember what I was saying to her, but I do know that my mom made it clear to me that I was being a piece of shit and that I needed to go fix that shit. And like, she, my mom is not the like, oh, I'm not going to take sides, mom, like, my mom is the, you are my son, like, she's your girlfriend, like, if y'all happy, I'm happy type shit or whatever, but, um, you know, you my son, like, she's, she's gonna cut for, for us no matter what, um, but she was telling me, she was like, go get her, like, whatever I said or whatever I did was, like, out of pocket, she was like, go get that girl, I don't even know why you being like that, so I follow her out. We walking down the street or whatever, and, like, we're, like, she probably walked out 20, 30 seconds before me. 
maybe a full minute. And I jogged until I could see her. But once I could see her, I was like yelling, yelling to her, like to stop. Like I was like, you know, like, you know, you know how niggas be, you know how we be like, man, quit, quit fucking playing. Like, you know, without, you know how we be like trying to, trying to not apologize, but get you to like do what an apology would actually uh, garner type shit. Um, and you know, she starts talking back to me or whatever, whatever. And then we start kind of like continuing the argument outside. But in truth, like, and it, it, and I'm telling y'all this from a point of like, honesty, like we are not like having a knockdown, drag out, yell at each other fight. We're not close to each other. As we get closer to each other, we're still arguing and we thought arguing with raised voices, but like, it's not even like a volatile argument. You know it's not because when the police pull up and they ask us what's going down, both of us are like basically the same shit. Like we just arguing. You know what I'm saying? Like we was at the house and we was having an argument. We walked outside and we continued arguing out here. But like everything's cool. Like it ain't it ain't deep like that. Like she's not like honestly just just to like really let y'all know how she was with the police. And and some of y'all won't understand this, and some of you will understand what i mean by this and how it's not like indicative of any real action she's the type of girl who if i was beating her ass when the police came she wouldn't have said that you feel what i'm saying so like the fact that we was really just out there having an argument and we wasn't even yelling at each other she definitely is not the type who will be like trying to make it seem one way to the police she was on some opposite shit like no it's nothing like you know whatever whatever i'm like it's nothing whatever whatever but they like hassling us. Like they wanted to be something type shit. So like she's got like an attitude with them after a point because they're kind of coming to her sideways. One of them ends up calling her a bitch. I'm like, damn, nigga. Like, like the police, like you the police, like you on the clock, nigga, you calling her a bitch on the clock. Like I, you know, and I kind of say something to him, but like not, not too hard. Cause you know, I'm not trying to die out here. Um, then they start hassling me for my ID. They're like, well, well, where's your ID? Do you have ID? And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I live right around the corner. Like, I kind of told y'all why we out here, like how how we ended up here. Like, I didn't leave my house with the intention. I, I didn't plan on leaving my house so I don't have my wallet or my ID. And my ID's in my car. Well, because my mom is such a forward-thinking-ass motherfucker and so vigilant, she's seen police sirens go past her house. And she knew we were out there fighting. And she was like, man, let me pull up and see what's up. I parked behind my mom. I feel like I've told y'all this already. Whatever, you're hearing it again. I parked behind my mom. And uh, so she has to take my car. But my license is in my car. So when she pulls up to the scene type shit, I'm like, boom. All this can be over right now. My mom is here. My I, my driver's license is in her car. I can just give her the license. I can give you the license. Um. And we we can be we could be the fuck about it here type shit. She pulls up. I start walking towards the car. The officer's like, you know, get the fuck back, da 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 da, acting all fucking stupid and shit or whatever. And I'm like, I turn around because you know I'm young and I got an attitude. I'm like, you know, you asked me for my ID. My ID's in this fucking car. Like I can get the ID and this shit can all be over. Like I'm just like I'm just trying to make this be done with. You know what I'm saying type shit or whatever. Uh. So then my mom gets out the car. They're like, you need to get back in the car. Like they start yelling at my mom. I'm young, black man. 
You know how we get down with that. You not about to come at my mama sideways. I'm turned to the officers like, stop fucking talking to my mom like that or whatever, da, 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 whatever. So now they mad. I'm mad. It's the whole situation is hype or whatever. They kind of walk up on me and I'm like, look, I'm just going to get my ID out the car and this can be done. I start to walk towards the car again and they grab me, but they're kind of smaller than me. So I like kind of like shake them off me. And I'm like, man, get, I'm like, I'm just getting the fucking idea. I'm like, get the fuck off me. I don't know what I said or whatever. That was a mistake. They throw me to the ground. The other officer who doesn't throw me to the ground, takes a step back, pulls his route, tases the shit out of me. And let me tell you something about these bitches who be tased and standing up straight and acting like roar, like nothing's going on or whatever. Y'all are on meth. Y'all are crackheads, bro. You, the human body is not meant to encounter electricity like that. Imagine a world where we haven't come up with the modern technology we have. The only way you would incur electricity as a human is if you were to be struck by fucking lightning. Your body is not ready for it. I can promise you that, bro. I ain't pissed or shit on myself, but when I tell you that I was like, like it's like inside you, like literally, like you are, oh my God, it was the worst. It was the worst for nothing. Screamed like a bitch in front of my then girlfriend and my mama. Like if it's any two people who you don't want to be tased in front of, it's your girlfriend and your mom. You know what I'm saying? So my mom is over here half-assed, damn near about to fucking cry. My girlfriend is doing the same thing while at the same time I'm like, it's no way she'll ever be able to look at a nigga the same. Like, she talks her shit to me and I'd be like, shut the fuck up. She gonna be like, oh, you wouldn't talk, you ain't have all that bass in your voice when them officers was tasing you, nigga. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, this shit is whack, bro. So, I do that or whatever. I don't do that. They do that. But then, because I hadn't done anything, they're kind of looking at each other like, well, what do we do? Well, apparently their policy is that if they tase you, they have to take you to jail. They're like, we got to take you to the hospital to get the prongs taken out. And then we have to take you to jail. Like it's this policy. If you tase someone, like basically, I guess it's like the police's way of trying to say, like, if it goes that far, then like clearly they need to go to jail. But like wrong. Anyway, um. So they put me in the back of the police car, but I'm on probation for the other charges, y'all, and I can't get in trouble. So I'm literally in the back, damn near about to cry. Like, no, like I'm not about to do no fucking real fucking prison time for no handfuls of weed. Like the weed that they found when I got pulled out the car, they literally listed in the police report as an indeterminate amount of weed. The weed that they found in my pocket, less than a gram. They was about to try and send me to prison if I broke that. In my mind, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know how a lot of this shit works. Like that's that's the other thing too, right? I come from a background where it's like I was 12, 13 when I met Rayshawn, my cousin who had just got out the pen. My mama never did no jail time. My daddy never did no real jail time. My grandpa is, is, is in the army. Like, I wasn't around that lifestyle enough to really understand, like, what really is what. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was talking to me then, I'd have been like, bro, you on probation, but you on probation with the city. Like, it ain't really shit, even if you do get caught on it. Like, they just going to make you pay some more money at the end of the day. They don't really have a jail to put you in for long term. I didn't know all that shit at the time, so I'm thinking like, bro, I'm on probation for these two other charges that I got. I'm not supposed to get in no trouble, whatever, whatever. Like, these niggas is about to put me in prison over nothing, which has always been my thing, y'all. It's a recurring thing in my life. I can eat what is meant for me. Like, if it's a if it's an appropriate punishment, I can just eat that shit and move on. But you about to put me in prison for less than a gram of weed combined on two different arrests? You can eat dicks, bro. Like, that's too much. So I literally pulled the taser prongs out of my side in the back of the police car. I'm showing these nigga the prongs in the back of the police car. Like, look, look, y'all. I don't know. I already took them out. It ain't even, you don't even got to take me to jail. Like, you don't even have to, like, I don't even care. You don't even have to tell nobody you tased me. Like, it's cool. Like, you can just let me go home. Like, we can just act like none of this happened type shit, basically. They like, nah, fuck that. We got to take you to jail. But let me tell you, that ended up being the lick. Because for whatever reason, they wrote the police report the way it really went down. They only took me to jail. The charge they gave me was resisting arrest. That was the only charge they gave me. And I was like, resisting arrest for what though? Right? Because I hadn't broken any laws. My lawyer gets all this information and uses that charge and that incident where they tased me to get all my other cases thrown out and I wasn't even on probation anymore. Gang shit! Except for the fact that I probably could have sued them niggas on some civil shit. But it is what it is. I didn't have to do no I didn't have to do no jail time really off of that. Just like the day, the nights that I was in jail. Same thing when I got when the taser incident happened, they took me to jail. I was there for a night, you know, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But it wasn't a huge fucking deal. Um, went to jail that night, got out, whatever. Okay, so now, now we're primed for the time where I really go to jail. Where I really think that shit is going to go bad. And... This day starts off with me. So this, I guess, is you really have to go back a few days. I've been talking to my grandpa about getting a new car. He was like, yeah, I'll help you get a car. I seen this black Challenger, found it. I was in love with it, y'all. I was like, man, I'm about to get this black Challenger. I'm about to be shitting on niggas. Like. Had went to the dealership, found it, test drove it. He agreed to grab it, got it for a payment we wanted and everything. And uh, they were like, just come back tomorrow. We'll finish up the paperwork, detail it. You can get it. Well, I had a system in uh, the car that we were trading in. And I had to get the system taken out. So I woke up early that morning and went to the place, got the system taken out. And they were like, it's just 200 to swap it into your new car. I didn't have any cash on me. I didn't keep any cash on me. Like that, like big cash, I had stopped doing that. And I didn't keep any weed at my at my house. Like I kept like a small amount of weed at my house. All the rest of my weed I kept somewhere else. I'm on mom's house. Fuck it. You're in it. They know now. Um, <laughs> hold on, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I literally had to stop for a second and go mute my mom's name out of this motherfucker because it's like, 
uh, that's this ain't her shit. Like, I mean, it's her shit. Like, you know, like I'm her son. Like, but I don't know that she want me to put her name on the motherfucker podcast to tell her that I was keeping drugs at her house while I was selling weed. <laughs> And this is when I had money, y'all. So it was a lot of shit over there. Like, she don't even know. Like, I was just like, can I put a safe over there? She was like, I don't care. But it's like, in a way that you do, like, reluctantly with an attitude, like, you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. So, you know, that's how your mama be. And then it's like, it's different because it's like, you know, you do little shit. Like, I'll, I'll take this little sidebar to say this or whatever. When you when you a drug dealer and you got a real family, it's little shit that you do to keep your family from talking shit to you. One of those things is like being an infinite source of resources. So like you show up to something, you always got something like I got the beer. Oh, we need food. Oh, I'll go get it. And then you don't ask for no money. And cause like motherfuckers won't ask where your money come from. If you spending your money on them, because then they got to like be willing to give back. They, they gift. Like if you buy beer for everybody and they like, Oh, Dre, where you get the beer money from? You like, Oh, I sell weed. If they want to talk shit to you about selling weed, they got to give the beer back. They don't want to get the beer back, so they just shut the fuck up. Um, that wasn't necessarily what was going on with my mom. Her situation, she knew what was going on. I don't think she knew necessarily the scale. Um, but she kind of knew. It's just that my mom is a little bit younger, honestly, I feel like. And I don't think she felt like she could change it. Like, no matter what she did, it was going to be what it was. So whole point is i was keeping my shit in my mom's house and i know i did a sidebar again um after i got the system taken out of my old car um my weed and my money was at my mom's house they told me it would be 200 dollars to get it installed in my new car and i didn't have any cash so i had to go over there my oldest my oldest brother who is still my younger brother i don't have any older siblings at all was there at the time because it was summertime and like I just didn't want to like go through the safe and like I needed a little bit of weed to smoke for the day because you know you get in a new car I was supposed to get a new car that day I was about to you know get some weed to smoke get some money get my new system put in and I was about to be pulling up on niggas smoking blunts you know what I'm saying high as fucking my new shit showing out you know what I'm saying like on some real shit that was my plan uh so I go over to my mom's house and instead of going in the safe, I just grab this little briefcase I have that kind of has like a smaller amount of things. I pull up to my crib. As soon as I pull up to the crib, laws pull up. Couple marked, couple unmarked. They hop out, guns drawn, get the fuck out the car type shit. Okay, now, here's the time for a relevant sidebar. I know I do a lot of irrelevant sidebars. This one really does matter. One thing about me when it came to selling weed, and I used to always say this and I have always said this, is that I know what I'm doing is against the law. If I was so ever to happen to be ran, the law is supposed to run up in this bitch or whatever like that or whatever. I'm not about to be in this bitch tripping and and, and throwing a fit and all this other shit or whatever. Like, I'm going to just eat that little charge. I'm going to get out and I'm going to do what I got to do. So when the laws pull up and I know that they got me dead to rights in this car with this case that has a little bit of weed, some money in it, and that's really it. And a house that they have a search warrant for with nothing in it. Like I knew there was nothing in the house. This comes back to part of where I grew up, y'all, where it's like you grow up adjacent to like, this is probably the best way to, best way to put it. 
I grew up in a space that allowed me to be comfortable in like any kind of environment around in the hood with niggas doing dirt of any real really any real level like i never really been big on stealing because it's just a personal thing i don't really like stealing it's niggas from the hood who don't steal if you think every nigga from the hood who steal if you think every nigga from the hood steal you you a racist honestly um and you a dumb fuck but i'm just one of niggas who don't steal so when niggas is on some like let's hit lick shit i wasn't really with that because i'm not really about stealing but like i i've never had discomfort around situations that maybe i should However, I didn't grow up in a way where I had to go home to that. So, like, I got to go home to whatever. Like, I got to go home to, like, a meal, you know what I'm saying, and a mom who worked a 9-to-5 job, not a 9-to-5, but, you know, worked a job to make sure that we were taken care of type shit in a stable home environment. So, I was naive to a lot of things. My lawyer will tell you this because, and y'all, this is, like, the most embarrassing thing in my life. When the police pulled up to me in my car, I told them, everything you're looking for is in that little case right next to me. I straight told them myself. They did not have a warrant for my car. They had a warrant for my house. If I would have just shut the fuck up and got out the car, none of this would have ever happened. But in my mind, in my over-logical mind, I'm going to give y'all the rationale because I have to. Because like I got to talk this out with somebody because I've never... To this day, bro, like, when the homies, like, my big cousin got out of prison, he was like, nigga, he was like, they told me you told on yourself. Bro, I was, I cannot tell you the, like, but you know what I told that nigga? I said, but you know what they couldn't tell you? They said, what? I said, did I told on anybody else? So it's like, whatever, nigga, like, whatever. I may be a naive nigga who didn't come from like the, the places y'all came from. So I move a little bit different, but what y'all will never be able to call me is no bitch ass nigga. You will always have to call me solid. So whatever it is, what it is, it is what it is. I had to just, uh, anyway, the shit was mad fucking embarrassing is the point. Um, but I, I told them because I didn't want them to like shoot me or tear my house up or anything like that so they take me inside or no i'm like everything you're looking for is right there or whatever you know what I'm saying like y'all can go in the house but like just don't kick my door in this shit like i'm already here i will literally just give you the keys and you can just open the door and that's how i'm talking to him from that point forward because like one thing about me I've told y'all before I got like this high level of anxiety and all this other shit. And I don't know why y'all when I got arrested for what would be the most taxing and trying thing that I would end up having to go through to like get off of that charge. I was so at peace with it because it was like when you selling drugs on that scale, you waiting for this moment to happen all the time. Like I know they're going to come and y'all it's been times where it was 10 pounds of weed in my house. And they came on a day where all I had was 17 grams. So I was like, this is nothing. Y'all go through the crib, just don't tear my shit up. So we get inside. I'm handcuffed. They sit me on the recliner. They going through my whole house or whatever. Like the whole time, I'm just like, man, y'all like look through everything you want. Like, man, please just don't tear my shit up. Like, just don't tear my stuff up. Like, I have nice stuff. I bought this stuff. Like. Just don't tear it up. And 
like I'm sitting in there, they going through my crib or whatever. At one point I have, I have a, a, a water cooler inside my house. I still have it, but it's like, uh, the, the actual water jug. It's like the, you know, like when you think of a, a standard water cooler with that big five gallon jug that's upside down. Oh, sorry, y'all. Mine doesn't work like that. Mine doesn't work like that. It's a it's a hidden tank, so you can't see it. So when I'm sitting in there in my recliner and I'm going through my house, one of the officers who's like standing up, it's like four of them just literally staring at me like I'm going to try and make a fucking break for it. Like, where am I going to go? But anyway, um, handcuffed and all. Handcuffed and all in this recliner in my motherfucking house with the door closed and four police officers. Where am I going to go? Y'all already, anyway, anyway. Um, they the other officers are going the detectives and shit are going through my shit these officers are watching me and one of them's like what's that I'm like oh it's a water cooler he's like oh I was thinking about getting one of those and if you've ever met me you know this is my demeanor I'm always gonna talk to people like people like I'm never gonna like change up who I am in a situation for any good reason so I'm like oh you should definitely get one he's like really I'm like, yeah, you should. I was like, me and my daughter, we both drink more water because we have it. It's cheaper than having bottles of water. You don't have all these bottles around. I'm like, really selling them on it. Like, you should you should get that. He's like, dang, okay. He's like, I really think about that. I'm like, man, don't think about it. Just get it. It's like 150 bucks, but I promise you, like, it paid for itself and it's more than worth it. He's like, man. You know, they like just really thinking. And I can tell in this moment, like, I can't remember what we said, but he was saying some other shit about like talking to me, like uh, some other shit, like almost on some like, how is someone like you in this situation? Like basically like he thought I was going to be some dumb, ignorant ass nigga just because I sell drugs or like weed, not even drugs, but whatever. Uh, We having that conversation or whatever, but then like as they looking through my crib, I'm like looking at him and I'm like, hey, bro, I'm like, you know, they about to take me to jail. and You know, I'm not going to eat that food in there. Like, <sighs> sorry, 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 y'all. Um, I'm like, they're going to take me to jail. You know, I'm not going to eat that food in there. Can you take me to uh, or not? Can you take me? Um, can you look in my refrigerator? And I got these little like protein shakes. Like I got these special K shakes. Can you just give me one? Like, can I just sit here and drink one real quick? That way I'm not like on a completely empty stomach until I get out. Cause I haven't eaten shit. He's like, Oh no, we can't do that. Da, da, da. I'm like, bruh, you've been in here asking me all these questions about my little water cooler. You going to go home and buy it. Your wife will be showing you all this little love off my idea or whatever, but like, come on, man. Like, let me get my little, it's mine. You in my house. Like, it's not even like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't even like I'm in your shit. Like, you and my shit. Like, just let me get that. So he's like, man, you know what, fine. So he goes and gets the shit for me, y'all. But they won't uncuff me. So he, like, feeds it to me there. there. Like, he's, like, holding it to my mouth while I drink it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, appreciate you, bro. I'm like, you know, y'all ain't really half that bad, you know? The detective hears me say that. He's like, yeah, we're really not that bad. Uh, we can get back down to the station and we could talk some more. I looked at that nigga. I said, oh, no. The talking that we do here is all the talking that we'll be doing. I ain't got shit to say to you. <laughs> like, nigga, these pleasantries and shit, we do it over water coolers. Like, that's all cool. Like, y'all are people. At the end of the day, like, this is cat and mouse. Y'all are the police. I'm a drug dealer. Your job is to arrest the drug dealers. You arrested me like y'all not treating me no no extra kind of way. So like it ain't no reason for me to be acting super wild and foul with y'all. Like I sit in here and treat you like human beings. Like it's whatever. But but tell but talk. 
Like, talk sound like tell to me. Like, you want me to tell you, like, who gave me this or, like, what happened or whatever. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, so it's no point in us even doing that shit. So, we get back. Excuse me, we get back. And this time, because I'm on a felony arrest, not like some bullshit, they take me down to this little area where like all the stolen shit is. And they put me in this little like cage, just like a three by three cage and a fucking just a chair. I'm sitting there for like 45 minutes to an hour waiting on a detective. Detective finally comes, takes me into this little room, sits me down, looks at me and says. So how long you been smoking weed? I was 24 when I got arrested. So I was like, oh, like 10 years. He was like, oh, okay. Well, how long you been selling weed? I looked at that nigga and I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to answer that. He said, uh, okay, okay. Well, is there anything else you want to tell me? I said, no. This nigga going to say to me, okay, well, let's go. And, like, proceeds to, like, walk me up to the city jail so he could just regular ass book me. And, y'all, I cannot lie to you. I literally had to ask the man. I stopped him. We were on the way. And I stopped him. And I said, hey, man, can I ask you something? I got to ask. He said, what's that? I said, motherfuckers really be snitching over them three little questions you just asked me? He looked at me and said, they be snitching in the car before they ever get to the precinct. I knew you wasn't going to talk to me when I was talking to you in your house. That's why I only asked you them little three questions. So just so y'all know, I'm solid as fuck. And the detective could smell that I was a solid ass nigga a mile away. This last time I went to jail was the same. I was there, ate it, didn't eat it. They gave me a peanut butter jelly sandwich or some shit. I gave it to somebody else. I bonded out probably like a day and a half later. It was a weekend, I think. So I had to stay a little bit later that time. But my grandpa got me out. I did not get my challenger. My grandpa was like, fuck that. You just went to jail for selling weed. I'm not buying you a new car, which is understandable. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I ended up having to be on probation for two years, year and a half. The longest year and a half of my life. I will save all of that for another episode. Um, but before we get completely out of here, I have one more rendition one more episode one more piece of real nigga story time and this week we also get a white people do this All right, y'all, we're going to jump this off with the white people do this. This is the least. This is I, I know I said something earlier about not doing time sensitive things because I recorded this so early and I apologize for the fact that this little part of it won't be on time. I might snip it and like drop it as like a little piece of bonus content, like something. I don't know. So y'all can hear it now. But the white people do this goes to the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Um, as I'm sure you all know by now, Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17 year old who took a gun that he was not supposed to have an AK 47 that he was not supposed to have over state lines to, I guess, as he would put it, protect the property of the 
residents of Kenosha, Minnesota after the Jacob Blake shooting. Um, and while he was there, he murdered two people, both of them white. Um, oh, no, for sure that I'm sorry. I don't know for sure that both of them were white, but neither one of them was black for sure. And I know you're like, why does that matter? It does matter because it is, in my opinion, the only reason why I thought he might go to jail because they were not black. Um, however, as the trial continued, if you saw, um, there was evidence that one of the men had a gun. The other man was chasing Kyle down and his, uh, lawyers claimed self-defense. I, I guess the white people do this part is the, the people who feel like this is a justified answer. That they feel like this is okay that he did like all of it all of it all of it and I can just implore you to ask yourself if a 17 year old black boy first of all when you 17 and black you a man already the world the legal system like it all looks at you as a man you will not be tried as a child but what the fuck ever you a man if a 17-year-old black man, because that's what he is to y'all, right? A 17-year-old black man had a gun he wasn't supposed to have. Drove across state lines with it to go somewhere where he knew it would be violence. He knew it would be aggressive. He knew there would be people and a crowd that would clash with him and the other people who with ideals similar to his. He knew that he goes there. And at the end of it, two of those people end up getting shot and killed by his gun. Bruh. I'll just leave it at that. What do you think will happen? They'll still be shooting this nigga. And then this nigga run off towards the police with the gun in the air like, oh, y'all, my bad. I'm out of here. Mama come get him and take him. If if he was black, his mama would be in jail for aiding and abetting. He would be in jail for first and second degree murder or second degree murder, whatever. That nigga would be done for if he was black. And that's why this shit gets annoying. Like, honestly, like, I'd be tired of that. I'd be tired of talking about, like, oh, if he was black, if he wasn't white, like, whatever, whatever. But, like, bro, like, the judge this whole time has been going out of his way to suck his dick and, like, help like make sure that his like trial goes easier i've been known that he was getting off i've been known that he was getting off so it's just like when it came down i wasn't so much frustrated or upset or anything or surprised as i was just like well, I guess I will say I was frustrated. I was frustrated, and this is what it is. And I'll be real with you. And it's motherfuckers who listen to this podcast who gonna feel this, and motherfuckers who not. The reason why it frustrated me so much when Kyle Rittenhouse got off for what he did is because a jury of his peers let him off, and a judge that was more than likely and I, I don't want to say this for certain because I haven't looked but more than likely elected to his position or appointed by an elected official so second hand elected 
were the primary two forces that got Kyle Rittenhouse off. That judge not letting motions in and not letting evidence in, not letting them talk about things that kind of show you who Kyle Rittenhouse is as a person. The type of person who would like wear a shirt that says free as fuck after he just shot two people at a protest. You feel what I'm saying? Like a bitch ass nigga, right? Um, that judge showing that type of bias in my opinion uh, in line with that jury shows me and frustrates me because I know that the way to fix those things or one of the ways or the only way that I can see as viable is for us to be heavier participants and by us I mean young people black people marginalized communities as a whole more active participants in like um the process of like civics as a whole like jury duty like going to jury duty you know what I'm saying feeling like that's important to be there um and going to vote and feeling like it's important to know who we, it is that we vote for and making sure that they're in line with things and beliefs that we hold true. Like the, this is, it's just shit that like, that's what this really makes me think of. And I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating. I know it feels like you vote for motherfuckers and they don't do shit for you. And then you just vote for the lesser two evils and like, I know all the stuff, but like what I can tell you is that at the end of the day, the things that we get most frustrated about occur as a result of people who were placed in power by people who took the time to exert there. So it's important that we do the same thing. And I'm going to leave you with that because that's something else that white people do. They fucking vote. They fucking show up to jury duty. So when little white boys kill people on some innocent shit, they get to play the sympathy card, give fake tears and they get fake love because one thing white people do is participate (laughs) and we got to do better. If we, if we want to be able to see a system yield results like we would like to we have to do better and it's not me putting the onus on us as like the blame because the blame is on the system being designed to be the way it is however in my opinion like the most likely scenario that changes it is us actively getting in there and uh you know just being more involved anyway we're gonna get right into real nigga story time part two nigga Story time. Real nigga story time. All right, y'all. The final real nigga story time also comes from Ohio. It also comes from my dad. And this time I get to be the real nigga in the story again. So I'm at work, working hard, working real hard. You know what I'm saying? And my dad is having like a little get together. I can't even remember what it's for. But. My dad got all these people over, my uncle and all their friends or whatever. They drinking, having a good time, whatever. I get there late because I've been at work or whatever. When I get there, everybody excited to see me or whatever. Like, that's all love type shit. Um, talking to my uncle and whatever, whatever. And my dad is with one of his one of his hoes from, from, from back in the day. She pops up often. Um, I will never say her name on this podcast, but I will tell y'all some stories about interactions that her and I have had because boy they're interesting anyway um well he's there with her 
And ultimately, like, they're trying to leave. Like, they're not staying there tonight. He's going with her, and then they got plans the next day, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right before my dad gets ready to leave, this dude, Miko, and his girl pull up. And they fucked up. Like, fucked up. Like, they trying to take shots, and they got a bottle. I think they got a bottle, but, like, they don't need to be drinking it. This nigga, Miko, can't even open his eyes. Like, but they, like, the kind of drunks who, like, they're, like, drunks and drunk. Like, because, you know, some people be drunk, Miko in particular, but, like, some people be drunk, and they be, like, cool with it. Like, they be low-key, and, like, it's whatever, whatever. But, like, some people be drunk as fucking. It's like they be rambling and babbling. Like, you can't even understand them. Like, they be, you know, good folk. And, but they still want to keep drinking and whatever, whatever. That's Miko. So, Miko is on that shit. And I'm like, stop. No, don't. Because, you know, I don't want to see this go all the way left like it's clearly going. Um... But they keep trying to drink whatever, whatever. My dad is trying to leave with his girl, whatever. Not his girl. You know what I'm saying? He would hate to hear that with the girl he was with that night. But I had pulled up behind my dad. So he needed me to move. So he's like, hey, Dre, can you move your car for me? I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Um. So my dad is telling me how like the last time he was like the last time I had to kick Miko and his girl out. They came in on some drunk shit duh, 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 trying to stay all night or whatever. I finally had to just be like, man, y'all got to go like, you know, what I'm saying? type shit or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so you trying to leave these niggas on me or whatever. So he's like, Edra, you can move your car. I'm like, oh, no, can you come in here and holler at me real quick? You know, my pops came back in that house real quick. I said, hey, bro, I'm going to just keep it a billy with you. I knew uh, that you was going to try and leave tonight. I parked behind you on purpose. He said, what you mean? I said, I'm not letting you out this motherfucker until you get these people about this house. Ain't no way I'm about to be in this bitch trying to get your friends about here, especially Miko and his drunk ass girl. Nigga, my dad finally, he, he's like, man, bro. Da, da, da. That's when he tells me the story about what Miko and his girl did the last time. Like, last time they was here. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. He's like, no, what it was, like last time they was there, I think my dad said he had to give them a bottle for them to leave. He was like, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm like, no, nah, fuck that. You, I'm not moving my car until you get these niggas the fuck up out of here. And I don't remember how he got them out, but he did get them to leave. You know what I'm saying? And we laughed and laughed and laughed because, you know what I'm saying, like he already knew what it was. Like, hell no, nah, bro. I ain't never going to get stalled out like that. And that's why I get to be the real nigga in this segment of real nigga story time because I'm the one who didn't let myself get played by a nigga who called himself my daddy. <laughs> anyway, y'all, this shit has been dope, man. I'm glad I was able to knock this episode out, man. I feel like y'all are going to love it, man. I'm trying to, like, really focus on providing y'all with some entertainment some content that you feel proud to show other motherfuckers so man if you feel that about it leave a review please y'all like on facebook on apple Podcasts. just take a quick second leave five stars tell me what you like about it tell somebody else what you love about it that would be great if you were not subscribed for bonus content you can subscribe for 4.99 a month it goes to I take all the money I make from this podcast and I put it back into the podcast. Hopefully soon we'll be back to having a video portion of this. I just really want to make sure I'm giving y'all a quality. That's a level that like I'll be proud of. So that's one of the reasons why we haven't been getting that. 
Um, but yeah, if you want to subscribe to be a, a paid subscriber, it's not like just following me on your streaming platform. There's a link you can click in the description. Um, if you're on uh, Spotify, if you click any uh, app with a locked uh, episode, any episode with a lock on it, it will prompt you to sign up to be a subscriber as well. I would absolutely love to have your support, y'all. Like that shit makes me feel great. It makes it easier to do this. It makes it easier for me to make time to do this. And also, it's what I use to make the merch. So once we get this built back up right, we're going to go to a video platform as well as an all audio platform. And then the next time we cash out the money we make from subscriptions and, and views and things, we'll use that to launch our second thing of merchandise. And I think you guys will be super, super excited to see what comes in that. I told y'all I had news coming. I got a great friend of mine, me and her, are not thinking me and her are going to start a new podcast. I've also got a series that I'm going to do coming up soon. I want to highlight some women and give them a space to really be able to talk about things that they know about. Um, We'll talk a little bit about sex, a little bit about relationships, and then anything that they want to talk about. Um, The women who I picked out, like they really are. Uh, dynamic in their own ways they have different things that they know about different life experiences that make it a more interesting conversation I'll tell you more about that later Um, and coming next year uh, I have a joint podcast with one of my very good friends me and her are going to introduce that to y'all a little bit more in depth later Um, but that'll be about sex relationships spirituality like just kind of like a lot of different things in the lens that we I feel like have started to like view it in as we've gotten older like this millennial generation if we've gotten older we kind of view these things differently than our parents did and we're kind of trying to find our own way because there wasn't really a blueprint that podcast i feel like is going to do wonders for creating a space where that conversation can be had openly i'm so fucking excited for it um but in the meantime y'all make sure you listening to this make sure you telling your friends your family fucking you go back, re-listen this shit, man. Tap in. Also, last thing. Every episode, there's a question I can put on Spotify. I can add a question for the community or whatever. I can add a poll or a question. There's always going to be a question asking if there's any advice anyone wants for the podcast. If you want some advice about anything at all, please reach out. I would love to do special episodes just driven to advice towards guests. Uh, not guess towards fans it's it's something i've really really wanted to do so you guys please tap in on that give me all the feedback you can man in the meantime thank y'all so much for tuning in i love y'all so much man i appreciate every 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 fucking thing i will see y'all after the break if you don't subscribe because this is the final episode before we go on break for the rest of the year if you are a subscriber expect new content throughout the break all you non-subscribers, I will unlock I will unlock all of the subscriber content from 2021 when we start season three in 2022. So if you want to pay your $4.99 and you want to hop on the wave this year, please do so. We would love to support. If not, you'll be able to catch up with us in the beginning of next year. I love each and every one of you so fucking much. Thank y'all, man. Get new people for me to love on and love on me because I need that shit, man. My life is crazy. Thank y'all for being here with me. I will see y'all in 2022 for the last time. Peace.
Just want to come out and pay Everybody say fuck this and billions 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 and bill